This is Techonomist by Benjamin Johnson, a place of technology news as well as thoughtful opinion and analysis about how tech companies and the products they build are changing the way we live. You can subscribe to my weekly email at techonomist.email or you can follow along right here on your favourite podcast app. News, week 49. Salesforce confirms Slack deal, Zoom and Snowflake earnings, Stripe treasury, and Shopify beats out Amazon for Black Friday sales. This is Saturday, December 5th, 2020. So this week's news summary is a little longer than usual, but in fairness, there was a lot of interesting news, headlined by the Salesforce and Slack deal finally being confirmed. The Black Friday sales data from Shopify and Amazon was also super interesting, as it feels like we'll be comparing these two for years to come. So with that, what happened in week 49? Well, let's start with Salesforce, earnings and the Slack acquisition. CEO Mark Benioff used Tuesday's quarterly earnings call to confirm that Salesforce had agreed to acquire Slack for $27.7 billion. It's a $10 billion premium on Slack's market cap at the time that the Wall Street Journal broke the news last week. It's reasonable to suggest the world-class enterprise sales team at Salesforce will accelerate growth for Slack, which Benioff hopes will become the front-end application for customers who use Salesforce CRM. On earnings, Salesforce grew quarterly revenue 20% year-on-year to $5.4 billion. However, soft guidance on the next quarter did cause a sell-off, with a 9% drop in its share price this week. Next is Zoom earnings. There might not be another company influenced by the pandemic as much as Zoom. So much so that reporting year-on-year numbers doesn't really make sense anymore. It's more meaningful to review quarter-on-quarter data. Back in Q2, the video conferencing app blew the market away with over 100% revenue growth in the space of three months, adding $340 million in revenue and more than 100,000 new customers with 10 or more employees all in the space of about 13 weeks. This week, Zoom released Q3 earnings, and while still incredibly impressive, the growth is understandably slowing down. Zoom added $114 million in revenue and 63,000 new customers, with 10 or more employees during the period. Also of note is gross profit has dropped, as the cost of serving non-paying users, such as families and schools, started to take its toll. In a world where Teams and Google Meet are bundled into productivity software, Zoom is still an incredible story. Snowflake earnings. Do you remember Snowflake? Uh, In September, they recorded the biggest IPO for money raised by a software company ever, securing $31 billion of new capital. Snowflake is a cloud data platform that helps companies understand and use their online data more productively. We learned that revenue grew 119% year-on-year to $160 million for the third quarter, and enterprise sales is clearly their focus. Snowflake counts Fortune 500 customers as a KPI. They have 165 currently, as well as customers with a $1 million or more revenue contribution in which they today have 65 customers. Equally interesting is that 86% of Snowflake's business is in North America. Snowflake's share prices jumped 32% since Wednesday's earnings. 
Reddit wants to grow its ads business. In an effort to attract more advertisers, Reddit disclosed its active daily users for the very first time. Reddit is known for being the forum for almost any topic imaginable and has attracted a wealth of notable people running AMAs, Ask Me Anything, on the platform. Reddit has 52 million daily active users now, which is 44% more than last year. For context, Twitter has 187 million daily active users, while Facebook has 1.8 billion. Companies have limited ad budgets, and spreading that across the breadth of social media apps means active users and conversion become super important metrics. Reddit generated $100 million in ad revenue in 2019 and expects that to grow by 70% this year. However, it is still miles short of its closest comparable app, in terms of user experience and data-wise at least, in Twitter, which generates 3 to $4 billion in annual revenue from its users. Now, onto Black Friday sales. Shopify outsells Amazon over the Black Friday weekend. In a battle of the e-commerce platform giants, Shopify sellers marginally outsold independent sellers on the Amazon platform for the four-day shopping event of the year. Following Thanksgiving in the US, from Friday through Monday, retailers run huge sales, prompting the retail kickoff of the holiday season. In 2020, sellers on the Shopify platform generated $5.1 billion in sales, up from $2.9 billion in 2019. Meanwhile, independent sellers on Amazon generated $4.8 billion, up from $3 billion the same time last year. Amazon's figure does not include its own branded products. Meanwhile, in product news, Stripe launches Treasury and Capital for platforms. In a super busy week for Stripe's marketing and press team, the global payments technology firm launched two compelling new products. The first is an extension of its current capital product, which allows businesses who collect payments on Stripe to access working capital finance using their Stripe transaction history to determine how much they can borrow. Stripe has now extended this product to its platform partners to offer their own customers, meaning platforms like Shopify or Lightspeed Point of Sale can offer their sellers finance, with Stripe handling all of the credit infrastructure and the risk in the background. The second major product update is what Stripe is calling Treasury. This product is banking as a service, which will also enable its platform partners to offer banking products to its users. Stripe is partnering with global banks Citi, Goldman Sachs, Barclays, as well as Evolve Bank and Trust in the US. Shopify is an early user of Treasury, which allows sellers to open a Shopify bank balance and store funds. If you're interested in learning more about Stripe's strategy, I highly, highly recommend two updates from Ben Thompson this past week. The first is his free article titled Stripe, Platform of Platforms, and the second is a really cool interview with Stripe president and co-founder John Collison. You can find links to both of these in my weekly email. In more M&A news, Facebook has purchased a startup called Customer. The corporate development and M&A team at Facebook keeps itself super busy. This time, it's a customer service and chatbot startup called Customer that Facebook has acquired. This is about bringing business conversations and transactions to Facebook, as well as its ancillary platforms such as Instagram and WhatsApp. In a nice reminder of what a deal the Instagram acquisition was for Facebook, Customer and Instagram each cost Facebook $1 billion to purchase. Meanwhile, Huawei ban has been brought forward. 
the British government has brought forward the deadline for telecom providers to stop installing Huawei kit into British 5G infrastructure. Huawei is Chinese owned, and many Western governments are banning Huawei products from communications infrastructure for fears that Chinese government will access citizen data. There is a lot of Huawei technology in the current mobile infrastructure in the UK, but it will need to be completely removed by 2027. General Motors is backing away from the Nikola deal. In another tough blow for the electric truck company, General Motors has backed away from its original commitment to invest about $2 billion in Nikola and to manufacture its Badger pickup truck. Nikola will be returning nearly $7 million to customers who had paid a deposit for the truck. This follows a tough couple of months with Nikola's executive chairman stepping down following accusations of fraud from short sellers, implying Nikola was dishonest about the progress of its electric truck technology. Nikola's share price fell 25% on Monday. Meanwhile, Monzo raises more capital. In an extension of its previous raise in June, UK neobank Monzo added 60 million pounds to its runway as it works its way towards profitability. Earlier this year, Monzo caught the attention of the media following a going concern warning in its financial report, as well as making some redundancies. Since then, Monzo has accelerated its business accounts growth, who are generally more profitable customers with higher balances. They now have 60,000 business accounts. While Monzo has also done a really good job of converting 100,000 of its retail customers to its new subscription accounts, Monzo Plus and Monzo Premium. All eyes are on Monzo's lending plans now. This is a traditional banking strategy, which has seen competitor Starling Bank post its first profit in October. And finally, Discovery launches a streaming service. Can you imagine it? Shark Week on demand. That's right, from January 4th, Discovery will be launching Discovery Plus, a direct-to-consumer streaming service for its content assets. Discovery's flagship products include the Food Network, HGTV and the Discovery Channel, which is home to the cult classic Shark Week program. Discovery Plus will initially be available in 25 countries and will have two pricing tiers, $4.99 with ads and $6.99 without. Don't dare to add up all of your monthly streaming subscriptions as it's probably not gonna be a pretty look. And before I let you go, just touching on my writing holiday schedule. I plan to keep writing and recording up until December 19th, which will be my last edition for the year before enjoying a couple of weeks of reading the news without thinking too much about deadlines. There is still plenty to cover over the next couple of weeks, so I hope you stick with me until then. In the meantime, have a fun and safe weekend, and for those in the UK, enjoy a little more freedom with some of those restrictions lifted.